Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a Thursday edition of the program. Merely Bo and Gibbe here. Z still on assignment, uh, apparently in northern Michigan, where he's tracking down leads and working on his non-regional diction. We're happy here for two more hours. Um, <laughs> I, uh, You know what? I, I love Nick Paulus, who runs our board. Uh-huh. Madison Hayes, too. They both do a fine job. But I was definitely a little disappointed that Danny Cunningham wasn't on this show today. Oh, Danny. Is that a shot? Is that a shot at me? No, I don't think, no, 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 clearly no, no. not. Here is where the shot is. He doesn't speak for all of us. Because Nick. Danny's gotcha. girlfriend last night tweets, we were watching Independence Day last night. Danny looked at Jeff Goldblum and said, is that the guy from the Apartments commercial? And I said, is that really how you identify Jeff Goldblum? So then he got quiet, got on his phone. Then he said, oh, never mind. It's Brad Bellflower. So matter of factly, I'm sitting there like, who is Brad Bellflower? There's no one that looks like Jeff. It's Jeff Goldblum. I look it up. Brad Bellflower is the, we put the dot com and apartments guy. So he only knows him for being a pitch man. That is yeah. correct. So this, this would be like, be very similar to like if you are of a certain age. Um, I believe it was Bill Shatner who did like Priceline. Yes. Forever. And you were like, oh, the Priceline guy. And you weren't like, oh, Captain Kirk. Yeah. That would be the, the that's this would where be the modern at. example that, you know, that's a yesteryear example of, of this modern. I, by the way, I'm on, I'm on Team Danny on this. Like if, if you weren't like he had a window, Goldblum had a window when he was a deal. Like he was in a lot of things in that run, and then he went off the grid. But how do you not know Independence Day? How do you not know Jurassic Park? But these are all mid nineties. Young Danny's like seventeen years old. And Danny is twenty eight years old, Bo. He should know these movies. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. I was, I was waiting for back. the assist. I, I was trying to have Nick. his back. So twenty eight. All right. So like Independence Day is ninety six. So he's two? Yeah, but it's it's a movie that's always on at this point in time in the year. Always. Like it how do you on, but how like, do you, you live know, you your life remember, without knowing this is Jurassic a guy Park? That has, that has not seen a lot of movies. He, and when I say a lot, like he hasn't seen Guys, uh, he just saw Rocky for the first time two months yeah. ago. He's twenty eight. Well, There's a couple things. Let me just push back a little bit for Danny's from Danny's perspective. And I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm just telling you. You're about to. For in terms of the his age is critical to this. Because I mean, I for example, I'm gonna have an incredible hole in my resume. I've only seen like five movies in the last since my kids have been born. Truly. I've probably seen five movies in ten years. That are in terms of seeing them for the first time. I've only been to the theater twice in the last decade. Like it, when you have the kids, so that's that's part of it. You have holes in your resume. The other thing is, if he is in a, if let's say he's a streaming guy, let's say he's always been a streaming guy. Maybe he doesn't he have have basic cable because that's where you're going to see Independence Day. You're going to see Independence Day on cable. If you don't have cable, if you're pursuing just streaming services, then they just feed you things you like. You're not flipping. I'm a cable guy. I like to flip. I like to bounce around. Give me a little roadhouse. For give me, exa- give me a little something. If I stumble on it, I'm in. Last night, I was vacillating between Beverly Hills Cop 2, which is tremendous, and... Um, One of the rare sequels oh, that God. hits. It actually is better than the original. Cop 2 might be better than the original. Wow. 
truly. I mean, it's re- a bold it's, statement. Connor. It is. It's really, really strong. Um, what was the other one? There was two. I was. Oh, the fugitive. Doctor Richard Kimball. Great. So movie. I got both of those. They're they're both great. But they were. It was on cable. Both were on cable. Usually on cable, they time up the commercials to where they're at commercial at the same time. But one was on Paramount, and the other one was on. Might have been on like Showtime or something. So one was always on. And if it's on Showtime, obviously no commercials. So I love to flip. But if Danny's not a cable guy, he's not flipping. He's not seeing Independence Day. Sad. Just disappointing. I actually looked it up this morning because I was thinking, like, what would be a, a great movie to kind of have? Maybe maybe watch one of the nights this weekend with the boys uh, leading into to Independence Day on, on Monday and 4th of July and all of that. And I actually thought of Independence Day, of course, naturally first. And I thought, is that appropriate? for all of them and it turns it, the only thing that i was curious about was the vivica, vivica a fox's you know job at and the then beginning. at the very beginning there's that, that one scene Impressive. sure <laughs> there's the one scene of that but then that's it isn't it there's nothing else that's yeah, dicey i mean the it. aliens is bootsy gonna have a problem with, i don't think so with, with the aliens and some of that no i don't think i think he'd be fine some scary that. moments there yeah, but there's. I think they're honestly so they're so comically alien. I don't know if they would be frightening. I don't know. Maybe they might get creeped out at uh, you know whenever they're at like Area Fifty One, but that's about it. There's a couple scenes maybe you gotta speed through, but yeah, I think it's doable. I, I think it's doable. I I think they'd like it. I don't even know where it's streaming or where it's on, but that was. Uh, that was something I thought of. So I'm I not going to crush him on the Goldblum oh, thing. There, there are so many movies that he has not seen. Well, again, though, I mean, I think age, and then if he's in the streaming world, you're not going to. It feels like right now, with the exception of Maverick, that what people do with their time is they stream shows. It seems most people stream shows. They don't. It's not movies as much anymore as it used to be. Let's see. Uh, oh, he had never seen Twister. I'm going back through my conversation well, with the two of them. <laughs> and he's never seen Tremors. Yeah, that's but that that's both an of those, older one. Both of those you, are early '90s. Tremors has got to be. I mean, Tremors is great, but I mean, Twisters has got to be. Twisters got to be like early '90s. Like that's I'm like '96, I think. Yeah. Is it that late '96? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's believable. I I'll give him a bit of a pass on that. Uh, the Rocky one, I'll tell you, there's some that you're going to miss entirely. Twister unless, 96. 96. Good job out of you, Nick. There, it, I think if there's there's certain stuff you're going to miss entirely, and um, you know that that definitely that that'll happen. Like the Rock, the first Rocky, I I don't know if that's all that great to be honest with you. That's it takes a long time to be Rocky. There's a lot of relationship stuff with Adrian. Paulie's a jerk. I mean, there's a lot to get to okay we can finally fight like it's not as good as th- three is probably the best four three and four are both really really good four is basically just a music video it's just montages yeah but that's the russians right it is but the yeah. one the three that's is the best one i don't know three's really good that's mr t that's Thunderlips. that's rocky's ach- achieved and privileged and mr t punches him in the mouth and then he's got to go to L.A. and train and get get to be back to what he was and then gets Mr. T at the end. That's a pretty good one. I don't know. I'm going with one, four, three, two, you really think five. One is, you really yeah. think one is yes. that good? I think yes. four is the best. Yes, it but is. I, I think 
One and three, I could put it as a tie. Yeah. My 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 whole thing is this: Young Danny is in the sports industry, the sports broadcasting industry. Yeah. So just watching Rudy every day because I know he's a Golden Domer. Well, that's isn't. I mean, go- Rudy sucks. Well, I, I mean, that's that. probably where you start with him. Well, that would be a different beef that I would have with him, and it's just the Rudy thing. Rudy sucks, but other than that, I mean, it's. I mean, I had all, I didn't see um, like what's the hockey one? Like the the classic hockey slap shot, slap shot. I didn't see that until I was probably in my mid twenties. Okay, mid to late twenties. Like, and I there are some shot. movies I didn't see till I was in college. Yeah, because that due to the parental control. Yeah, that early seventies, late eighties stuff. That's just it wasn't in. That wasn't that wasn't part of it. Yeah, but okay, you're twenty eight. Like you have access to things. I'm going to need you to do a little better. Well, I think he got the message. I, I'm hoping he did nine he, minutes into this show. I think he probably probably got the message on that. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it all goes for him and his lovely lady. Um, all right. Uh, it is uh, it is the holiday weekend coming up, so uh, I'm sure a lot of the smart ones of you, and it appears that most of this office has taken off, maybe even starting today. But you're going to get a lot of, obviously, tomorrow a lot of people are I, I think there's a reason why we got the food truck today for lunch outside. Shout out to Cockies. Four, Love them. Four people here. Right. Uh, yeah, I got a feeling like. What's today, the go-to order from them? I love their breakfast food. Um, yeah, and, you can't go with they, breakfast, they, Sammy. They, they run back a mean Italian for lunch. All right. I'm going to pull up the menu. Nice right little now. Italian, Sandy. Yeah. They got good fries. Good. Sandwich. Good place. Uh, they're getting Sandwich. ready to open a second location in the flats. I think next to ESPN Cleveland. Okay. But my my kid has like a VIP card there, and I'm fairly confident she might have paid for the the cocky's food truck that's outside right now. All right, so you with can. All the time this is pretty good. So they have, I mean, anything with an everything bagel is going to be a win. Yes, they they do it right. They their breakfast, I love their breakfast. Got a I little mean, a good cream a- cheese, the cocky sauce. You got to get the cocky sauce on everything. The uh, the breakfast bagel looks like a win. Look at this guy, <laughs> straight up suit, God, swag. I think unbelievable. He's, he might be him. the only one dressed up. He is because sure. I don't know anybody else that's really dressed up in no. the office. No, no, nobody. Sharp else dressed is. man. We should just play that by ZZ Top every time he walks by. For but swag. he's so fast. He is. I like when he does a twirl. I'll tell you what. You put an everything bagel with an egg, American cheese. A little bit of ham. Forget it. That's it. That's all you need. Yeah, they got a nice menu here. They got a lot of everything bagels on things. I'm for it. Yeah, but I'm you. You said it. I'm pretty sure the entire office was outside at the food. They were truck all waiting. I didn't know what. Yeah, I don't know why they were all waiting down there. I don't know why they just didn't time it to where they could like go down, scoop it up, then come back. Because it's it's basically the last day of school for the summer. Do you think I could Uber Eats? someone to bring it up the stairs to us <laughs> if someone's listening i would love to yeah just try just bringing it up the stairs yeah to i'd see like if it we just can... a, i i'll do a breakfast little really sandwich. you're gonna go breakfast at one o'clock yeah why not i'll do whatever they have left because no, i feel you like can't take that our approach. office might have picked through everything <clears throat> i don't think so i think they got a full food truck out there anything that you want is going to be at your beck and i call. don't know if anybody knows I, I think it's the owners that are actually in the food truck running it today so, if anybody knows Perfect. them, how about shooting them a text? The radio show upstairs never got any food. Not only that, 
they're speaking very highly of your sandwiches. I love your sandwiches. And big fan. You know, the guy with whom when the show if when he's not on the show, does it even exist? Has never had your food. Wow. Feels like a win. Feels like a win for everybody. There we go. That's where you stand on that. I like the Independence Day move. What's your favorite Fourth of July memory as a kid? So my uncle's birthday is on the Fourth of July. Oh, him and Zagura. Yes. My uncle is uh the writer and the co-creator of the Born Loser comic strip, Chip Sansom. What? Yes. Worldwide comic strip. He lives here in Lakewood. That's unbelievable. Yep. Okay. Well, what did he do Fourth of July? So it, he always had. He, they have a great place. Uh, we always would go there in the aft, in the afternoon for the cookout, and he does. He would do this thing. He would soak the hot dogs and the brats. He would soak them in this vat of beer and spices for a good like twenty four hours, All like right. on a slow boil, and then, you know, p- then throw them on the grill when it was time to get the char. Great side dishes, fantastic food, good times, just beautiful weather. Had a nice tent set up in the background. Uh, lives on the lake, so you got the view, uh, and then you walk down the street to Lakewood Park. For fireworks. That's a nice way to do it. It was awesome. A parade in the morning. I was in the parade because I was in the marching band. What'd you play? Uh, trombone. It uh, seems like what you do. I feel like I, I'm, I'm paraded out because of that experience. I yeah. don't like my parades don't do anything for me. The only thing good about the parades was the Shriner cars. Everything else, eh. I'll take that. That's fair. You know, I looked into buying one of those. Like, you can't buy one anywhere. I'd love really? to. I'd love to own one. So I, I have some, I have two things that you could look into buying uh, if you like the Shriner cars. I love the Shriner cars. One, I bought these when I worked in Illinois. They are motorized bar stools. <laughs> they have, they have, the, they have a lawnmower engine underneath them. They have the wheel on top, like, or the steering wheel on top. You take the governors off, you got you to wear a helmet, but you can go up to 20 miles an hour. Yeah, that's it. I'm in. So bar stools. How you how do you steer a bar stool? You have the wheel, like you have, you have the wheel right uh, right there in front of you in your lap. Oh my god! So you, you've got that going, and then at my kids' after prom party, uh, they had motorized toilets. I definitely don't want that. I think you should. No, you should take a no. look at them. They're pretty awesome. I definitely don't want a motorized toilet. I just think that leads to bad choices. It's like small. It's not like a full size. Still don't size. want to sit on it. I don't think that's it. I was with you on Barstool. I can't do that. Oh, you're missing out. <laughs> because they were quite fun to drive around. <laughs> I don't know if either one of those things get me closer to buying a Shriner car, Gibby. It feels like the ones that they're it's trying a, to sell me on the car. Uh, every t- I was just Googling this. It feels like what they're trying to sell me is... It's just not what I want. Like, I want the ones – everybody knows what I want. With the little orange ones, that's what I want. I want one of those guys to drive around the neighborhood, go get my mail and such. That's what I would like. This was uh, where I where – I, now, I love it here on the lake. We love the uh, – we'll be up at the lake a little bit this weekend. I, I love it here on the lake. I love the fireworks over the lake. It's awesome. That's a big win. Um, for me as a kid, this was the height of the uh, Montana rodeo circuit. So this was the Shoto Rodeo, Shoto Fourth of July Rodeo was awesome as a kid. Great time. So you get the rodeo in the afternoon, then you usually get a musical act, and then fireworks afterwards, and then 
that's a full day. That's that's pure joy. That's that's a yellow jacket and a Yeti with ice and limes, and you're living your best life in that sense. And one year, are you familiar with a? Um, are, are you familiar? There was a guy who used to be uh, on television, a guy named Dave Letterman. Do you have you? Do you know who David Letterman is? Does that mean naming anything it to you? Might have been part of a musical group in college that sang on Dave Letterman. <laughs> Find me the video. <laughs> I got to see it. My parents have the VHS. I want the video of that. That's a story that I need to hear at some point. Um, I love Letterman. The best. So he bought a ranch in Shoto, Montana, and the people really didn't make much notice of it, and he liked that a lot. He liked the idea that he could go to the grocery store, go to restaurants, whatever, and nobody bugged him. And so one year for the 4th of July rodeo in, in Shoto, he got Willie Nelson to perform. What? Yeah. So – Willie Nelson performed, and it's Shoto's kind of set down in a little valley. The Rocky Mountains are to the west. It's right on the Rocky Mountain front, and then there's hills and stuff all around it. So it's really, really pretty. And they and, and Willie Nelson performed. And you say to yourself, well, I don't think I know that many Willie Nelson songs. You'd be wrong. You know a ton. Because even if you aren't a fan of country music, he, it felt like he wrote everything. Like songs you didn't realize he wrote, he wrote. So um, that was a that was a hit, but it was big rodeo uh, in the summer in the in the big sky country. Really? Oh God, the summer rodeo circuit. How, how all these late? little towns that would just go one to the next to the next, and they would all host their their. What, you know, this was what the, time does it start? What time would it end? Is this like rodeos, an all nighter type deal? E, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It would the, the rodeo would be like usually around two or three in the afternoon. It'd be wrapped up by six around dinner time. And then you would have, you know, you'd have some food stuff, and then you'd have the concert would be at like seven thirty, and then the fireworks would be at ten, and then it was away you go. Yeah, it was a lot of pitching tents and parks, and if you had, right. I, I had an SUV, so I that was how I rolled. That worked out well. Throw the sleeping bags in the back. That's have how you yourself sorted those an things out. Oh, it's fantastic. Nice, very very good. Um, yeah, by the, I'll just say this: my hometown Lakewood, they do it right. Huge parade at 10 a.m. The streets are lined probably three and four deep. Kids, tons of candy. Then there's a big party in the park all day. Some of the best fireworks you'll see. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's I, where it feels if I'm like it's go on see fireworks. That's where I'm going. That's where they do it. They do it down on the water. Uh, yeah, yeah, right at Perfect. Lakewood Park. Yeah, see all the the we go up to the Putin Bay puts on a good one. Uh, Cedar Points are awesome. Yeah, so we can kind of see all of those when we go up to the lake. They're all pretty good. Um, all right. From in terms of business, here's a here that we that's what you'd to? call a little. Unfortunately, you know how I feel about this. Yeah, but I'll we'll do it. Get you up to date. So here's where you are on the Watson case. Uh, the hearing is day three today. Um, we thought that it would go to day three. There was, which is why I feel like we've been on this in terms of the process of this. And some of this is because we've had great guests who've been able to help explain some things for us or take some things that maybe we believed and were able to buttress those beliefs. Um, but. We are now into day three uh, with um, in the in the in the hearings in Delaware with Sue Robinson, um, Josina Anderson with this. Um, Sue Robinson won't deliver a ruling on the spot that that hearings will finish. Then there will likely be a post hearing submission, then a decision. Uh, the source was not currently expecting hearing to last past this week. So this gets back into the. You felt like there were two possible timelines. It went really quick and it was done by this week, and you get a ruling on Friday. That obviously is not where we're at. So the other option now becomes the other way, which is hearings end this week. Next week, the NFL's off. A decision perhaps the week after. But remember, and we had Charles Robinson on in this yesterday, you know, he was excellent. There is no real timetable for her at all. 
Um, it feels like there's a timetable of it'd be nice to know by camp. It'd be nice to know a week before camp so you could plan accordingly. Um, but there is no possible – there is really not a hard, firm timetable on this. But that gives you an idea a little bit of where that is. Uh, Mike Florio proposing this. I've asked two of our guests that we've had about this, Graziano and Robinson, about this. I said, well, what was there any way that, that Watson's camp could say, hey, last year was time served? And the pushback I got on that was, well, but he got paid. And if he would have wanted to play – if he would have wanted to play, you know, the Texans probably would have liked for him to play. Um, well, Florio's case is last year is time served. Uh, fine him last year's salary, which is $10 million. That works as 17 games. Florio's thing then says we'll give him eight more on top of it. That's 25-game suspension. Um, I, I've, it's, I have nothing to back it up other than it just I've – t- I've asked both of our guests about it. Both said, well, he got paid was kind of the pushback. It just made sense to me. Like, he didn't play last year. It's a year of his prime. You know, this had something to do with it, at least. It felt like kind of that whole situation is something where nobody had to address this last year. And that there's probably, you know, you lose a year of your prime. So maybe that should be considered a little bit. We'll see on that side of things. Honestly, you're not going to know anything until she tells you how she wants to handle this and when that will be. And what we what we kind of feel pretty strongly about is it won't be between now and and tomorrow, that will not happen. Um, it is a mailbag edition of the program. Tweet us your questions at Browns underscore daily. Use the hashtag AskCBD. We will get to those at 2.30. Um, we have John Greco on the show today at 2 o'clock. He's gonna, uh, we got a big uh, big weekend at, down at the stadium, so we'll get uh, his take a little bit on that. Go around the NFL with him as well. Um, one of the guys that you're going to be hearing a lot about, obviously, wherever or however this thing goes with Watson is Jacoby Brissett. Z caught up with him at minicamp. We will play that for you coming up next. We're off and running here on a Thursday edition. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Bath Authority can give you that bathroom of your dreams. You can transform your current bathroom into a custom bath, a spa-like experience. And at the Bath Authority, they can do it for you in about a day. Let the Bath Authority make it a reality for you. Fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler. They are experts and factory trained. Give them a call now. Get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. That number is 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. Largest selection of bath projects. They're all made right here in the country. Your bathroom can go from outdated to outstanding in about a day. Superior products with expert installers at thebathauthority.com. 216-220-8399 and 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. Give them a call and tell them that Bo sent you. Here is Z now, one-on-one with Jacoby Brissett. Here with Browns quarterback Jacoby Brissett. And Jacoby, all anybody's talking about is that silky smooth jumper you put on display over there at the Cavs facility. Have you always been able to stroke the ball? I mean, it looked very natural. I know this is a lifelong just pureness about you. Uh, no, nah, I mean, I played basketball in high school and obviously growing up and stuff like that. And uh, obviously playing, shooting basketball outside with, with the guys and stuff like that. So, like I, I told everybody, I was, I was the favorite to win. You were the, and then you backed it up. So sometimes it's hard to be the favorite and then back it up, but it was pretty easy for you. Yeah, no question. I mean, that's why I wanted to shoot first. I wanted to put the pressure on everybody else. And uh, but yeah, I had a lot of fun. All right, so you've been on a couple teams in the league. It, did you see it? It was uh, that's Amari Cooper chiming. It was too smooth. It was too smooth. All right, he's focused. 
I like I like that he's focused. He's locked in on football. We'll talk football in just a second, but nonetheless, when you do something like that, listen, you're in a room of the, some of the best athletes in the world, and you go out there and you put on a show like that, it's a good thing. Much, don't give them that much credit. Now I wouldn't consider them the best athletes. All right, so this is a question I wanted to ask you. So I like you, Rich LeCount, Willie Harvey can shoot it a little bit. We got JOK was All-State, Batonio was All-State. There are a lot of actually pretty – is this one of the better basketball teams that could be assembled based on this roster that you've been around? Uh, I would say so. I mean, we got, I, I've been a part of a team where I had some other good bas- basketball players. So I would have to see some of these guys actually play basketball to, to see how good they are. Okay, right. At, at organized basketball. All right. But anyway, your jumper is the best. We got that as well. But what you want to be known for is, right, throwing the football, running the offense. How have you kind of acclimated so far in your time here in Cleveland? Uh, it's been good. Uh, you know, definitely been a, a great learning experience, a great learning environment. Uh, you know, one of the more, um, I would say, from a standpoint of learning um, uh, camps that I've been a part of for sure, um, being my fifth or sixth offense, whatever it is. Uh, 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 Kevin and, and AVP and, and Drew have been doing a good job of teaching us the things and, and being actually being around the players, I've probably, I've probably learned the most uh, because obviously these guys have been in the system for a couple of years now and, and uh, a lot of these guys are smart football players so it kind of helps out. Is it odd being in a room where nobody in your room was here last year? And so you guys are kind of all learning together. Is it more helpful or is it more helpful to have somebody who already kind of knew the system? Uh, it's definitely helpful because you definitely don't feel like the dumb person in a room at times. Uh, but we've all ta- we talked about that. It was like this is the first time, you know, like, I don't know, like everybody's learning every day. Uh, so, you know, it's been good, though, because we've been able to help each other. Uh, you know, Josh and, and Deshaun have been doing a good job. and. And we've been all just bouncing ideas off each other and, and, and teaching each other different learning techniques and things like that. So I think it's been good. Developing chemistry is obviously a big part of this. And you've gotten a lot of reps out there. Anybody you're really kind of developing a chemistry with here in the early going? Uh, I think uh, Kev's been doing a good job of mixing all of us in with everybody. So, you know, we've been going with ones, twos, threes, no matter what. You know, because, at, I mean, that's the league now. You never know what at the drop of a hat. So I think it's been good. Uh, so, I mean, just looking to, to build the, the chemistry with the whole group and, and obviously with the, the – the, the uh, skill position, but uh, definitely with the whole group, uh, close out this and lean into the training camp. What do you hope to kind of accomplish here in this mini camp? Uh, you know, just continue the growth that we've been on uh, throughout the last OTAs and a couple OTAs and just building that chemistry, learning more, uh, you know, and, and obviously they're going to put more on our plate with these next couple of days. And, and uh, I think we're ready for it and, and then just keep going. I know you have a lot of respect for what you've done in this football league, started in one games for multiple organizations, but when you go and you just clown on everybody like that did that give you a little more respect when you're walking around like okay Jacoby okay oh for sure you know I I got I got a little bit more bragging rights now I got a little bit more name on me um a little bit more respect obviously uh so I mean obviously everybody thinks I'm the old man on this team now so that's a little new for me Jay, okay, right now he's mad about your success. He said, "Look, I was more of a defensive guy throwing the ball." And by the way, he hasn't hit you yet either. We should notice that all misses. Right next to me in my locker. That's why. Okay. All right. The, the Jays. All right. Good. Well, Jacoby, thanks so much for the time, and uh, happy to have you. And look forward to getting get out there at minicamp. Appreciate it. Thank you. Good stuff from Z and and Jacoby on that. Some breaking news. I, I, I does this from, on the college sports side of things. John <laughs> Wilner, who does a syndicated stuff in the Pac-12, and. Stuart Mandel, the athletic, says not a fire drill he would know. Uh, so I'll give legitimacy to that in that Mandel backed him because Mandel would be would know somebody who would be plugged in or who would not be on the West Coast. So John Wilner uh, tweeting out six minutes ago, a source, USC and UCLA are planning to leave for the Big Ten as early as 2024. The move has not been finalized at the highest levels of power. Um, so there's a couple of things on this to tackle. Uh, number one, if, if you are the Big Ten 
and you're trying to find an answer for Texas and Oklahoma, this is as good as you can do not using Notre Dame. So this is as good as you can do. USC is right. That is a Mount Rushmore program for sure. It would get you into Los Angeles. It would continue to get you into the, it would get you into the West coast. It would get you into California more consistently. So in that sense, it is a home run. I would also say based on the information I have on the big 10 and their thinkings in expansion, um, I cannot see a scenario where it would be an only play where it is only these two. I would think that there would have to be more teams from the West coast to follow um, and part of a bigger expansion play because I think the I know for a fact the Big Ten has learned for what happened in Nebraska, where Nebraska was on an island in the middle of the country with nobody near them, not only for recruiting, while that would not be a problem for USC and UCLA, but also for the non-revenue sports. Keep in mind that you have to play all those other sports. So if you are USC and UCLA, and by the way, they play a lot of sports that the Big Ten schools don't play. There aren't that many Big sun, Ten correct skies they have sun. Around. There aren't that many Big Ten schools that play men's volleyball, for example. Well, they both of these schools do. Um, so you're, you're not going to be wanting to play, you know, you're not going to you're not going to want to play USC at at Wisconsin and Iowa baseball all the damn time, you know. So you're going to to me, they need more dance partners. So if this is to be believed, and I have no reason to believe that it not isn't true, if it is to be believed, my hunch would be that this would be part of a bigger play. And you say, well, what does that mean? Well, like, I don't know. It could mean Oregon and Washington. Um, it could mean Colorado and Arizona State. It could mean Colorado and Utah. I mean, there's a lot of things. That one would make a lot of sense. I would be shocked if USC and UCLA left alone. I think it would leave them very vulnerable um, on the western part of the country, and I think it would be very difficult for them just traveling. People, you folks, you've got to understand how big the west is, like how long it takes I mean, you're going to be on flights for everything. Every non-revenue sport, you'd be in a flight. Five hours at least. Yeah, it's it's to me. There's got to be more to it. This could maybe this is the beginning of the end of the Pac-12, and there's it goes as as instead of two, maybe there's four or six of them that come. You've but been saying, saying that the the Big Ten needs to put together an SEC style package to rival they the sec to. they have to they, this they would were, start that there's also no growth for them where they are like they've maxed out this part of the country um so they had to find some answer for it honestly they should have just taken taken texas and oklahoma they probably could have had them if you if you listen to people in the know they probably could have had them um they didn't they waited on that they slept you the sec got them this is a hell of a counter to it but again i think they have to have more to it i don't think you can just take these two I think it's far too complicated. So, worth monitoring, but big, big news. I mean, that getting USC would be a monster coup for the Big Ten Conference if they're able to pull this off. Um, all right, coming up next, uh, we get back to the NFL side of things, specifically with the Browns side of things. Anthony Poisal going to join us here in studio, our staff writer here at clevelandbrowns.com. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Picard Trucker Motorcycle Accident Cause You Injury. Call the injury lawyers at 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Again, this, this breaking news is pretty wild. USC and UCLA are planning to leave for the Big Ten as early as 2024, according to John Wilner. Um, according to many people, he's plugged in. I'd not heard of him, but he's plugged in according to people who I do trust. Uh, he says the move has not been finalized at the highest levels of 
power. I'm already seeing a bunch of stuff that indicates that potentially Oregon and Washington would join. So those would be the two schools that would look to join, and those would be the bell cow schools at those institutions. I do think, by and large, this is really sucks for the sport. Because one of the beautiful things about college football is that wherever you grew up, you could kind of have a team in your region. And it feels like so much of that was part of the fabric of the sport. If, if you're you, The idea that like USC wouldn't play Stanford or Cal or uh, on a regular basis seems crazy to me. But it's where we are. Um, everyone's chasing these TV dollars. By the way, speaking of TV dollars, the Big Ten media contract is being negotiated right now. So that if you want to do this, now's the perfect time to do it. Um, all right. With that being said, we're joined now in studio by our, our fine staff writer, Anthony Poisal. You grew up in Big Ten country in Maryland. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I say that tongue in cheek. No, I was. There's a lot of Mar- Yeah, obviously a lot of Mar- that uh, I did not. So uh, I wanted to go to the journalism school there. But uh, yeah. that's, that's how I ended up at Ohio University. And that's how I ended up here. So um, no ill will. Uh, but yeah, it's there's a lot of a lot of Maryland fans out there. Obviously, they've they've had a you know a tougher time on the football side of do they, these last few years. But do the people that grew up you know where you grew up? I mean, it just it had to seem so still foreign that they're in the Big Ten. I mean, that is ACC. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everybody misses the Maryland Duke battle, particularly on the basketball yeah. side. I know that comes up a lot. You know, that's probably the one biggest thing that I would say Maryland fans miss the most is just having those matchups to look forward to every single year. You know, there was so much history between Maryland and Duke, and then they kind of moved to the Big Ten, and it was like. All right, we're playing, you know, maybe bigger schools, bigger name schools more frequently, but like, you know, what's the next big rivalry? And I don't really know if there's been one big one that's kind of come up with Maryland yet, but um, there's definitely from here compared to Ohio, as far as how much like college football is embraced, it, it's definitely a little different. I would sure. say, I would say the pro sports out in Maryland maybe take a little bit of a higher, um, you know, stature than the college sports do. A little bit, I think. <laughs> I was at the first yeah. ever Big Ten game in College Park. It was Ohio State. Really. So Ohio State, Maryland. It was the first game that Maryland had ever hosted in the Big Ten. They gave them Ohio State to open with. So right. you're not going to do better what than that. What was the score of that game? If you remember. It was a beatdown. Um, it, th- it, it was in the national championship year for Ohio State. Okay. So it was yeah. early on in that season. I'm sure it was probably like in like the 50s, 60s. Yeah, I want to say Stephon Diggs was at Maryland, though. So oh, okay. they weren't like yeah. they had a couple of dudes. They were, yeah. you know, but it didn't go well. But this is what I the reason I was saying it was. The, the thinking when the Big Ten added those teams was, well, oh, we get those media markets. We get New right. York, like as if yeah. like as if New York City cares about Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we'd also get the DMV, right? You get you get Washington, you get DC, you get Maryland, you right. get you get Baltimore, all of that. So I pick up the Washington Post on the Saturday mm-hmm. of the first ever v- Big Ten game at Maryland, and it's Ohio State, mm-hmm. and it was on the sixth page, and it was about this big, okay, yeah, because it was Ravens <laughs> right. at the time, Redskins, yeah. it was Orioles, it was Nationals. Like, it was deep into the Washington Post sports section, which has always been a great sports section. Right. I mean, yeah, like, there's definitely, from a historical context, I think just professional sports have always been the the, the bigger embrace one, just because, like you said, there's the Washington market that's there, too. All the pro sports sports teams there have been embraced for so long, and then, um, you know, they had, before the Ravens, it was the Colts that, you know, like, when they brought the Ravens back, it was, so, yeah, it's just... It's still Maryland is obviously you know beloved. It's a, it's not a huge college state though. No, uh, no. But it was, I just thought it, I always thought it was so naive that the Big Ten thought that just by them coming, those regions would all of a sudden care yeah. more, and that they the cable buy would have to be there and all of that. And um, yeah, it's tough. This feels as as much of an outpost as those. And a big part of them adding those two teams was to give Penn State a dance partner because Penn State felt isolated, right, going right. east. Yeah, and Maryland's so I, a natural dance partner for them. Yeah, and I think that's had, like developed a little bit, but there's still like I mean every time they Maryland's playing Penn State, it's 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 more of like Penn State 
doesn't really treat it as big of a rivalry as like Maryland does. I, I would say Penn State from a football perspective is probably one of the bigger like football rivalries rivalries right now that Maryland has. Yeah. But like I think they, I remember the last time they played, it was like you know like one of their highest selling games as far as like it was like mm-hmm. a sellout. And um, I think Maryland, I think they lost, they got beat pretty good that game. But yeah, well um, James Franklin yeah. always takes it personal because he was on the Maryland staff and wasn't offered that yeah, job. Right. And so he's he always takes it very personal. And they recruit that area. They, right. They really recruit. Uh, the Maryland area, but Maryland's had some dudes through the yeah. years. Like they can recruit it in football. I mean, there's the a lot of there's money. a lot of good talent in the D.C. area for sure, and and, and just a, overall Maryland area too. But there's there's a lot of good football talent in D.C. that I think they they're they're trying to tap into, but it's just so hard when there's all the other big schools around. Yeah, so that's I don't know. This is fascinating. The idea that you're gonna I don't know. To me, they got to have some more <laughs> dance partners out there. I, agree. I, I see yeah. no scenario how, yeah. how it's tenable the way that yeah. they're doing it. Just a start, just a tweet. So far. yeah, there there will be more. So, there will right. be more. I, yeah, I thought they could go all the way to twenty. And they could absorb six of the Pac-12 schools. I mean, yeah, that would be like to. a mega conference. That would yeah. Be I mean, the SEC is going to be at they're at. I think the SEC goes to sixteen or eighteen. Yeah. So I mean, you go to just go to twenty and then have a true East-West, have a West Wing, of yeah. or you know of the of the conference. So Crazy. all right, buddy, let's go around uh, what what we learned at, at mini camp. Yeah. Um, who stood out for you offensively and defensively uh, of OTA's mini camp? Definitely. So I think the offensive player that a lot of people have picked out so far, and then I'm going to pick on here as well is is david bell um you know just as these these practices they were you know we as we said before they were a passing camp um you know you're not really going to see a whole lot of things as far as like blocking or running or anything like that it's more just how how well are the quarterbacks getting rid of the football how well are the receivers catching it running their routes and obviously from a defensive perspective how they're kind of covering everything reacting instincts and everything like that so um but david bell is definitely the guy that i would kind of circle as as the mvp here and it's just because he called everything um i i'm sure by now a lot of people have heard but you know he said it himself uh the practice that we had at the hall of fame was you know he didn't really drop a ball after the first like day or two of otas which is is pretty impressive when you consider not only how many passes that were being fired out at practice that were going to him but also just the fact that he's a rookie you know he's still getting his feet under him Um, i'm sure he probably had to overcome some nerves that first week of just trying to build a good impression for coaches and so the fact that um you know he was catching everything thrown his way uh is is a really good sign and um lived up to sort of the scouting report that um the browns kind of saw on him when they picked him in the third round and then um on the defensive side uh you know a little like i said a little bit harder to evaluate just because of padless passes and everything like that but i think the one guy that um i would definitely put in here is just grant delpit um you know he made it through first off just making it through healthy for a lot of these guys like i don't think there was any you know, major injuries that came out of this. So the fact that Grant Delpit, who's dealt with injuries during this part of the year for, you know, the last couple of years is um, make it through healthy is great. And then he also just looked good in minicamp. Um, you know, this is this is kind of like a year that feels like it could be a breakout year for him. And um, I know he had like a, one of the more notable interceptions of minicamp on that first day, um, which was just, you know, good to see. Um, but I think this could be a big year for him as he kind of, this is really his year two, right? So, um, you know, he's going to be more comfortable just playing. I think Joe Woods is going to be ready to give him a little bit of a higher role. Um, obviously the fact that he's versatile bodes really well for maybe a higher snap count this year. You know, he can play in the box. He can play in the line of scrimmage. He can play, you know, in the deep, deep field. So, um, so I would say Grant Delpit is, is Grant Delpit and David Bell are the two guys that, I would kind of say made the most of of, of this like kind of OTA mini camp period, and I'm sure they'll have a lot of more eyes on them as we head into training camp. 
they both kind of feel like they're necessary too. It feels like Bell is a hundred is obviously necessary, and he feels like Delpit is too. It feels like they need to both be good. Right. So I don't. I don't. I know Gibbs sent me the, the list of things that we like. I don't know if we're going to talk about this next, but I I said Bell is down as my most outstanding rookie, partially because um, there's just there's there's room for him. Like as far as like an opportunity for him to step into a big role instantly if he continues to just catch everything thrown his way, getting open and things like that. So um, he's definitely going to be an important piece of this as early as year one, just because as you know we've talked about before when you look at the rest of the receiver room somebody's got to step up outside of Amari Cooper and I would say after seeing what David Bell is kind of capable of doing how consistent he can be that he can be that guy and then yeah just going back to Delpit like it's so important for Joe Woods and defense he wants to run to have three safeties and, and all of them can kind of be versatile and give you know different looks that kind of helps throw off an offense a little bit you know they when they go up to the line of scrimmage they're always not going to be sure necessarily who's covering who what the assignments are and things like that which can be a big boost and having a guy like Grant Delpit can help that. So yes, both of them are obviously very necessary to what sort of the specifically they're looking to do on each of the sides of the ball. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, what do you, what do you always say? What are the, what's the biggest thing you have to do as a receiver is you have to earn the trust of your quarterback. Right. The best thing you can do is not drop anything. And that's mm -hmm. what David Bell did. He caught everything. And so that, that leads to that trust that you're trying yeah. to build up um, and take Deshaun Watson out of it. That deal uh, what's your favorite team? This favorite move this team did this offseason through free agency draft. What do you love? Yeah, I mean the one move that just keeps looking better and better really is just the Amari Cooper trade, um, and that just looked better after all the wide receiver you know acquisitions we saw across the league and how much teams were willing to pony up for other kind of trades. And you know the Browns definitely got ahead of it uh, and were able to get Amari for just a fifth and I think a swap of sixth round picks, which looking back on that now just feels pretty remarkable. And I know he's got a contract that comes with that. That's kind of you know makes it. Uh, maybe a little harder it's not harder but depending on how he does you know you got to manage that over the course of a few years so that's that plays into it as well but still just the fact that you got a guy who's topped 1,000 receiving yards five out of his seven seasons in the league you know I think he caught like 865 receiving yards last year and that was kind of considered like a down year for him which is like yep still pretty good so and he also had CD lamb in the room with him so now he's like all alone he's going to be getting a lot of targets this year um, regardless of who the quarterback is for the first for week one for week whenever this year Amari Cooper is going to be you know one of if not the most important guy on that offense really if you think about it um, and what they want to improve in the passing game so um, just the fact that they were able to get him for a fifth and a sixth round swap it, it I mean it just looks really really good and it looks better honestly every single day yeah I, I the other one I, that's the clear one I think the other one I'd add to it is is getting Clowney back is enormous right because it allows for everything else you don't have to worry about the defensive line now. It changes everything. He paired so well with Miles. I don't know that there was any real concern that he wouldn't be back, but until the ink was dry, you were right. kind of worried about that. Yeah. Getting him locked in was was very, very big for what the defense was trying to 100%. do. 100%. Um, yeah. The one player not being talked about that you think will we will be talking about once we get into training yeah. camp. Who do you got here? So I don't know if this is considered going out on a limb. You can let me know, but right. um, I think it's. I think I would put Demetric Felton in this category, and the reason why is because during minicamp, um, you know, he was taking snaps on the first team, and he was getting targets. He was, you know, he looked well. He was catching everything. I think he even had a couple like diving catches. Uh, mm -hmm. So he looked fine. Um, but he's he's somebody who not many people were thinking of, but he's also a candidate uh, to take one of those top receiving jobs. And um, I know last year he was mainly used as a receiver, and I think this year um, with all the openings that are there, he could be a guy that kind of maybe catapults himself um, into those like that third, fourth, fifth receiving role if he can kind of keep it going here. Um, but also just he's going to be talked about just because his status as far as, uh, you know, making the roster is so important when you consider the fact that he's, you know, listed right now as a running back. Yep. Uh, but as I just said, you know, he's been primarily used as a receiver. And so 
Um, if he has a good camp and finds his way onto the team, that's probably going to mean you know there's a surprise cut maybe in the running back or wide receiver room, and so that's why he's going to be somebody to kind of you know really look out for here. Um, well, his, his the, the the way that he can play both positions will help him a great deal, right? Because mm-hmm. it, the running back room is awfully crowded, right? And so the ability to cross train in both allows for special teams too. Yeah. He's got a little special teams yeah. experience, which is important. But yeah, I mean he's he's just he's somebody who it feels like whatever you know making the team not making a team like whatever move happens with Demetric Felton is going to impact multiple positions on this team and um, I, that's why I think he's somebody that's important to watch I think he's you know we've talked a lot in, at, from the receiver perspective about Donovan Peoples-Jones Anthony Schwartz David Bell who's going to like kind of be I mean I think you can maybe if he gets off to a good start in training camp you can start considering Demetric Felton kind of in that mix as well as somebody who could see a decent chunk of targets they're not necessarily going to be you know deep balls or medium passes mm-hmm. or anything like that but just somebody who the quarterback is going to be able to throw to um and that's that's something definitely worth considering as far as you know what kind of added impact Demetric Felton could bring to this team this year all right Gibby wants to know your biggest question mark heading into training camp is what uh I would say after you know what we've heard with Deshaun over the last few weeks just how different the offense would be with Jacoby versus Deshaun and you know Kareem Hunt talked at his football camp yesterday and said that it's like they kind of have you know two different playbooks right now for both those guys which makes sense uh you know Jacoby's not kind of like I mean he's he's not Deshaun Watson when he's on the field he's not doesn't have that same kind of ability he does have that game manager skill to him and a strong arm but um it's not like you can necessarily run the same exact plays with Jacoby as you can Deshaun um so I think once we find out what uh, you know, kind of um, decisions going to happen as far as Deshaun's playing time this year. Um, it's going to be figuring out what the offense maybe looks like with Jacoby Brissett these first however many weeks it's going to be, or you know, possibly the whole season as we know. But um, and then just how much time does the offense need to have to get used to Jacoby how, and and vice versa? How much time does Jacoby need to get used to you know all the other new players? Because he is still a new addition to this team. He still has to build chemistry receivers too, and that was always going to be the case regardless of whether he's starting week one or not. So, yeah. Um, so th- that's definitely, I mean, there's going to be a lot of eyes that's on what the offense is doing. Um, if there'll be any kind of changes from the playbook that um, Kevin's fancy's kind of rolled out that, you know, focuses on play action, running the ball a lot, which that's not going to change no matter who's quarterback. But I think it wouldn't be surprising if, if maybe the, you know, Stefanski kind of kept that similar pl- playbook that he's ran the last two years with somebody like Jacoby. Is it true that, Crab cakes in football is what Maryland does. <laughs> That's what they say, and that I think is what they do. Is so it I'm mostly like, crab cakes? Is it some? I mean, what's the percentage on crab cakes in football? So, feels I, like they're really good at lacrosse. Well, I mean, if Maryland. you go to like any kind of tailgate there, I mean, somebody's bound to have something crab related. Crab cakes is one right. of the big things. Um, I know something that I'm going to be doing next week when I go back home to Maryland for a bit is it's not necessarily crab cakes, but more just like actually getting crabs and eating and picking them. And right. it's a different process to eating crab cakes. Crab cakes is something you can finish. Uh, you finish a crab cake within like, you know, five, 10 minutes. Uh, crabs, you got to take your time. You got to, you know, you got to do the it's pound, little bits doing and all the pieces, pounding the pound. and all that. Yeah. It's a little work, but it also like, the reason why I like it and it's, it's not for everybody. If you're like somebody that's just wants to get your meal like done and over with, then crab cakes is the way to go. It's an experience. It is an experience. Right. But the crabs is like be conversational. You can talk to, you know, that's why I'm doing it with like just family. We're just sitting down and we're having crabs and it's going to take us like an hour, two hours maybe to kind of get through what we want to eat, but we're going to get to catch up, talk. It's like you can like multitask it. at the same time. Watch. TV. I like it. So yeah. True or false. Old Bay is overrated. That's false. As a seasoning. I'm sorry. I'm from Maryland. I have to say it's it's it's, it's overrated. It is. It Come is. on, Gibbs. That's it's overrated. It is. It's overrated. Do you guys, what do you guys eat Old Bay on? Do you guys eat put on anything or? I mean, I've, I, I 
I, when I I've been there a couple of times uh, to DC, DC several times and uh, to Baltimore a couple times and and they bring out the is it the shrimp in the old bay yeah shrimp it, in it, old bay yeah and then I got to like do the pulling them apart stuff it's like oh with shrimp yeah yeah oh yeah you definitely want like eating crabs then <laughs> yeah I've seen them do yeah. it it looks like a pain like if I order crab legs at a restaurant you got to learn then it, it's, the, yeah. I want them cut. Yeah, it's, don't the, it's not for everybody, but like the reason that makes the crabs so good is that you, the Old Bay, like if you had crabs without Old Bay, that you would have a terrible time. Like, so then is it possible that it's the Old Bay that you love and not the crab? No, because I'm not just going to put, I don't put Old Bay, like I'm you not. You only put it on crab? For the most part, yes. I do put it on like fries occasionally. Okay. Um, there's people right. that put it on like mac and cheese, I think, and stuff like it's that. Like they put it on anything. Yeah, like other like sandwiches. Um, okay. I'm not that crazy about it so, so maybe it's one what again one of the big reasons why road trip wise love going to baltimore yeah, because it's great. The they, awesome. they have crab cakes in the press box at halftime oh yeah there you go that, now they have they they've weaned it back a little bit yeah they only do it now on big games we played them on sunday night last year okay. crab cake night but then you get a ticket and i just i, I remember i plotted the strategy because i can't leave the booth at halftime Right. Yeah. And I plot the strategy with Mr. Deacon, and I give him his marching orders. And Deacon, like, we had tickets for, like, one each, and he came back with six. I think he just was like, this is how we're doing this. That's why I didn't get a crab cake then when I was at No one. I still got one. but (laughs) Jeez. All right, buddy. Enjoy your time off. Thanks for your time. Thanks for stopping by today. Um, All right, coming up, final hour. Uh, here on a on a Thursday edition, John Greco going to join us here in about five six minutes. You'll see the Cleveland Browns daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns daily on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Rub QA's recycling, family-owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer or as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumkey.com to learn more as we head out on the hotline for a conversation with our former offensive lineman, current analyst on the Browns Radio Network, and all-around good guy. He's our good buddy, John Greco. Hey, pal, before we get into uh, the Browns and the NFL and the offseason, I wanted to get your uh, kind of take on if you've heard this news about UCLA and USC joining the Big Ten as early as the 2024 season. Uh, it's been corroborated. It's been confirmed by many accounts. Um, what do you make of this? <laughs> Bo, I, I mean, I'm just as shocked as I'm assuming everyone else uh, was getting ready for our call this afternoon and hopped on Twitter real quick, and I saw the news break and, and it kind of blowing up all over the place. Uh, I mean, that is that is huge. And, you know, with, with the uh, new head coach position going out in USC and, and their historic uh, program and, and UCLA with the talent that they get on the West Coast and, and coming to the Big Ten. I, I mean, it's it's exciting, and it, you you really look at it now. The SEC and the Big Ten are are kind of two superpowers, uh, even though they were in in the past. But the two schools joining the Big Ten is just going to further solidify that. And and I would expect some more shake uh, shakeouts uh, and teams kind of moving and joining. Uh, you know, here to here in the next few weeks, maybe. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I said that uh, when when we saw this break that the look there, there's a couple of th- factors in play here. Um, the Big Ten is currently renegotiating their television deal. 
Um, they are going to want to be around $100 million a year per school on that deal. This helps because now this is California. You're now on the West Coast, so this helps. Um, this also decimates the Pac-12, John, as you would imagine. The, when you lose UCLA and USC, that pretty much puts an end to the Pac-12. So those other schools in the Pac-12 are going to be searching to get into conferences as well, especially, and I don't think, uh, that that would not make. I think that would make USC and UCLA very happy. I don't think those two schools want to be on an island on the West Coast playing everybody in Eastern Time Zone and Central Time Zone. I'm sure that Oregon or Washington, um, maybe even Utah and Colorado. I think that you you're going to want to add some more teams from the West Coast. I don't think you want them by themselves over there. And I don't think it's. By the way, I think it's pretty noteworthy. John, that that Brady Quinn, who played at a little school that people have heard of, that goes by Notre Dame, uh, tweeting out uh, this just in the last couple of minutes. And I talked about Notre Dame a couple of weeks ago on the show, potentially coming to the Big Ten. Brady tweeting out, Notre Dame has benefited from a national schedule east coast to west through their independence that is now offered by the Big Ten. Don't underestimate the impact of alumni events and contributions with a national schedule. If you can offer that along with a greater television dollar, why not? Uh, would say that's noteworthy as well, my friend. Absolutely. I completely agree. And, and you know, some of the other schools in the Pac-12 that you named, I mean, Utah is, is arguably uh, and really a rising team, and, and they're expected to do big things uh, this year and in years to come. So if you can kind of bridge that gap, I mean, guys, it, it's hard for me to stay up till 10 o'clock after watching football all day <laughs> to watch a yeah. talented Utah or, a, or an Oregon but if those guys are, in, are joining the Big Ten and, and moving east and playing in those games, or you have an Ohio State that's playing a conference game out in Utah, I mean, you're going to be staying up for those games. Uh, you, you know, you can bet your dollar. So I think it's great. It's going to be good for football. It's going to be good for college football. It's going to be good for the fans. It's really going to shrink the country and bring everybody together because you're going to want to see your conference. You're going to want to see your team playing no matter where they are in the country. Absolutely so, my friend. All right, let's turn our attention to the National Football League. We are through the minicamp portion, downtime now. Uh, we got our OTAs in, got our minicamp in. Everyone looked great. The defense looked really good, John. I certainly know you're aware of that. But just in terms of, of where this team is, and we acknowledge, and we've talked about it a lot, uh, the uncertainty around Deshaun is real. But if, if you take that part of it out, and I know it's hard, uh, what did you make of this offseason here with the Browns and the stuff that Andrew Barry got done? Well, you know, going back to the draft, extremely, you know, impressive. The free agent acquisitions, the things that they did, uh, really just kind of rolling in year after year and building that plan and building that base, and now really going in there and trying to be competitive. And and you know, the goal no longer is hey, let's let's sneak into the playoffs. The goal is win the division, you know, host a playoff game and see where it goes. And, and I think that is, is all on the table. Obviously, yes, the, you know, the Deshaun Watson situation is, is fluid and volatile, and we will have to see what uh, the powers to be decide on that. But moving forward, I think uh, whatever quarterback is in there and taking snaps, I think there's enough talent that can be put around that individual that this offense can at least compete uh, or, or excuse me, I, I don't think I don't think I want to say it's at least competing. I think they could still be dangerous and still put up a lot of points. And this defense, guys, we know they had a great off season. We know they were finishing strong, and and uh, if they can stay healthy, I think this is going to be a top five defense uh, here in the National Football League. And and really, you look around the division: is, is Cincinnati going to 
you know, be able to sustain that, or, or did they have a Cinderella-type year? Um, and, and, you know, Pittsburgh, rookie quarterback, the Ravens, uh, there's a lot of new faces there. There's a new coordinator. Uh, so we'll see what happens with them. So I think this, this division's open, guys, and I think the Browns uh, are going to be right there with a the chance to, uh, to finish first. This thing's a full day, though, man. This division's a full day. We were talking Ravens yesterday. I mean, they feel like they're getting a little bit healthier. Um, they're optimistic about what they're going to do with Lamar this year. Um, this is going, it, as it always is, but it feels like we are at an absolute meat grinder situation in the AFC North. John, I think I think it's the second toughest division in football behind the AFC West. You think it was AFC West, AFC North, 1-2? Yeah, I agree, especially with the addition in the AFC West now. With uh, Russell Wilson, that that uh, division is loaded with star power, you know, especially at the quarterback position, obviously. But yeah, getting back to the AFC North, you know, like I said, Pittsburgh, you, you know, you have these historic franchises with Pittsburgh and and, and Baltimore, uh, who are used to winning playoff games, who are used to winning Super Bowls, who know how to win. That's their culture. That's a that's just a part of that franchise. So that is what Cleveland's trying to get back to. That is what Cleveland is trying to become. Uh, and I think it's there, guys. I think they have the right, the right head coach. I think they have a, a smart, talented young fr- uh, front office that knows how to build, and they have the players that know how to execute. So I'm excited. But like you said, it's not going to be a walk in the park. It never is. No, no matter what division you're in, it's not going to be a walk in the park. Nobody's going to gift wrap you anything. So it, it'll be exciting to see how this team comes out, handles the adversity of whatever is going to happen at the quarterback position, and, and try to stack some wins. Let's uh, let's go to your expertise, my friend. Let's go to the offensive line and Nick Harris in for J.C. Treader. Um, was really good subbing last year when the opportunity presented, but now the full load of it. What what do you expect out of him in year one as the starter? Um, and and in terms of how he will fit into that offensive line, what do you see? Well, you know what, I'm excited to watch him. He's obviously young. He's learned from one of the. The, the better centers in the league in J.C. Treader for a number of years. So, and he's got two Pro Bowl guards next to him. Uh, he's got two great tackles on the edges that, that aren't going to be needing spoon-fed. You know, the, the worst thing you can have happen to a young center that's put in uh, to a starting uh, role that, that he's got a lot on his plate where he's got to identify everything and, and not only worry about what he's got to do, but he's got to – you know, go across the board and say, hey, listen, you need to do this. Guard, you need to do this. Guy on the other side, you need to do this. Those guys don't need that. They have they have veteran players. They have guys that know what they're doing, and they do it well. So Nick can just focus on let's get everybody on the same page. Let's me and the quarterback get on the same page. Let me make a call, and let me play fast and roll. And I think he can do that. He's an athletic player. Uh, he can get to the second level. He's going to be working in combinations well with the two guards, um, and he can pass protect. So, you know, that's that's the beauty about playing center. You know, if, if he was playing offensive tackle and, and we had to worry about him on an island, you know, it would be a different conversation. But at center, you can – I don't want to say you hide a guy, but you can be in there and, and you're, you're you know, being helped by the guards. But, but he is more than capable and more than ready for, uh, for the job. Let's flip it to the other uh, other side of the ball. We had Anthony Poisal in here. We're talking about uh, you know biggest off season moves, and obviously Deshaun's number one, Amari's number two. Uh, but I, but I think Jadevian Clowney coming back is way way up there on the defensive side of things. Um, what does that do to solidify what can happen in the back end and how that all marries together? You know, it, it's it's going to be one of those situations where that that talented secondary and those guys that can cover. 
uh, and cover for, you know, multiple seconds, four, five, six seconds, that is going to create a lot, a lot of, of issues for opposing quarterbacks and offensive linemen. Obviously, we know Miles Garrett, you know, he's a generational talent. So he's going to be, you know, commanding a lot of eyes and a lot of sets of hands his direction. And that's why, you know, you saw Jadavion Clowney have so much success when he was healthy on the field last year. I think he got kind of a, 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 a spark, a, a, you know, another kind of click up on the juice level because he knows he doesn't have to be the, the number one guy. He can sit back and be the be the tandem, the number two, um, the bad man at rob and roll where he can just go in and, and, hey, yeah, if he gets double-digit sacks, if he's if he's wreaking havoc in the backfield because Miles Garrett's on the other side and, uh, you know, respecting and, and requiring so much so much time and, and effort on the offensive lineman, you know, Clowney's going to be doing great things in the backfield, and I'm excited to watch it. So I think that has had a lot to do with him coming uh, coming back and wanting to to kind of finish what they started. Um, and obviously he wants to win, and I think he, he knows that he has a good opportunity and chance to do that here in Cleveland. All right, buddy. I got to talk to you about uh, a little bit about Monster Jam. I saw this on your social. So you and the boy, you took you took this in when it was in Columbus. That's correct. And it's here this Saturday. In fact, tickets are available. Ticketmaster.com. Monster Jam. The monster trucks. They're here. They're at First Energy Stadium at seven o'clock. Ticket price is currently available between seventeen and thirty bucks a piece. So it's really doable for a family. Uh, you got a pretty cool be- behind the scenes. What did you make of it? What did you think of the show? Well, it's well worth it. Let me say that. And and we, my son and I, Angelo, we just happened to be going uh, because one of his little buddies, uh, we we got him tickets for his birthday. So we just okay. had to go. And uh, Rob and the Browns invited me to, you know, hey, kind of a meet and greet with the drivers uh, on Friday to watch kind of their practice run. And and you know, we we got down and got to see much jam and their crew setting everything up and you know, having all these truckloads of dirt come into the arena and we saw the drivers and, you know, got to shake their hands. And I mean, they are terrific people. They know how to play their celebrity status. They know the kids love them. The fans love them. They were great. They were high-fiving us. Uh, my son got to take pictures with them. We gifted uh, one of the drivers of Jersey. So my, my son absolutely loved that. And then, you know, the thing that I love the most too is we get to sit in the trucks and we get to see the trucks, uh, you know, firsthand. So it was a blast. Uh, everybody there, what a first class outfit. I mean, the representatives from Monster Jam, the people that we met, they were first class. They were so gracious and, and uh, you know, welcoming. And, and it was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed it. Who was your, who was your pick, man? Which car, did, which truck did you like the best by the time it was all said and done? Well, Grave Diggers is my son's favorite. Um, that that was kind of our going into it, who we liked. Uh, he's he's had the toys, you know, leading up to that, and that's kind of who he wanted to see. And he met Kristen, who's uh, I think uh, Kristen Anderson, who I think her dad was the original Grave Digger uh, driver, and now it's kind of their whole family thing. So he got to meet Kristen. She was awesome, and uh, we gave her a jersey which is very cool but you know we met um armando castro who is el toro loco one of their uh, one of one of their drivers uh and then max d who was uh blake granger was the driver uh they kind of have a team of drivers which i didn't know i thought it was just one person but uh they kind of rotate you know depending on where the show is across the country 
which makes sense when I once I once I learned that. But we met those three drivers, and and now it's kind of like we have the toys, and that they're the the fan favorite at the Greco House now. That's awesome, buddy. Great talking to you, my friend. Thank you so much for your time today. Guys, thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, that's our good buddy, John Greco. And, yeah, as I mentioned, you can still get tickets. Um, that is set up for this Saturday. You can get them at Ticketmaster.com. They start at 7 o'clock. Uh, fans can also purchase tickets to the pit party where they're able to meet and greet drivers, get autographs, see the trucks up close and personal. Uh, that runs from 2.30 to 3 o'clock uh, on Saturday, rather. Yeah. So can we interview our groundskeeper since there were 300 dump truck fulls of dirt it's amazing. that got dumped in there for – and they were Saturday the turf night? was up last week, so they must put down a tarp and then the turf over it. And then do you save the turf? I don't I, know. I how think that works. you save the turf. I, I would think I you guess. would that you would you would save the grass underneath. Um, I I think it's cool. Like I've been to these inside, yeah, like at the Q or mm-hmm. you know at the Wolstein Center, and I've never been to one outside. Where well, you I would think it would like be way even better. Room. My God, you got way more room for the sure. trucks. The noise isn't going to be nearly as bad because it can escape. Um, you know, first energy, you know, the noise gets out of there anyway. So I think in that sense, it would be, it'd be pretty good. That's, I think it seems like a tremendous win to go check that out. Yeah. And, and, and fans, we, fans can also purchase tickets to the pit party that John Greco was talking about meet and greets with the drivers yeah. and, uh, see the trucks up close and personal. So you can also buy tickets for that in addition to your regular seat. And we want to thank the great folks at um, at, at at the at the event with Monster Jam. They hooked us up with a little uh, care package here that is uh, very very nice. So nice job out of them on that. So we appreciate that, and that'll be a fun thing to look forward to this weekend. Coming up next, uh, well, I'll tell you, it's going to be the story of the sports world. What's happening in college football? Uh, we'll get into that. Kind of make some have some clarity on that coming up next. It is a mailbag edition of the program. Get your questions to give a hashtag Ask CBD, um, and and Gibby will uh, will handle that coming up here in about fifty. 15 minutes from now, you're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Certainly a lot of bad advice out there about gambling from secret methods to picking lottery numbers to betting big runner on a roll. The mess can lose you money and get you in a lot of trouble. So before you wager, find out what's real and what isn't at KeepItFunOhio.com. Big news in the sports world today. Uh, USC and UCLA are headed to the Big Ten. That's the plan. They're at advanced talks to do so. Um, so there's so much to this, and obviously I spend a lot of time talking about this type of stuff uh, in the mornings. Um, here's what I here's what I would say just to give you the Reader's Digest of it. Uh, the NCAA allowed for this to happen. So this is this is the NCAA being asleep at the wheel for the last decade plus, maybe the last 15 years. So all of that led to this. Um, this is the big guys in the sport saying we're going to keep all the money. So what what makes this significant is this is a true reaction to the sec adding oklahoma and and texas and this is the only this is the best play the big 10 could make once those two schools were out of the mix and so usc was obviously the most attractive one out there the most attractive one you could get other than texas and oklahoma and other than schools that aren't already in the sec even more attractive than notre dame to the big 10 so that's that's they they achieve that if they pull this off 
I do not believe that this will be the end of this, not by a damn stretch. I don't think that UC and UCLA and USC will, will go to the Big Ten on their own. I don't think there's any chance of that. I think that they will bring people with them. I think they could bring multiple teams with them. I think this could be a play of, big, of the Big Ten. Right now the Big Ten has 14 schools. I think this could very easily be a situation where they're the Big 20, and they're a Big Ten West, Big Ten East, and that would be a way to do it. So if you want to get to 20, this gets you to 16 if you add – Oregon, Washington, Colorado, Utah, now you're at 20. If you want to add the Arizona schools, you want to add Arizona State because it's in Phoenix, give you a media market, that's appealing. You want to go get Berkeley and Stanford with Cal. Big Ten would certainly love to have Stanford and Cal. They love the academic part of that. They would love to have them as well. So I, I think this is part this is the this is the end of you know, the power five as we know it is over. Um, I think the SEC will have an answer for this. I think that they will probably go for the ACC schools, and those two conferences will end up running the sport even more than they have previously. Um, I could see the SEC you know, pirating several of the ACC schools because all of this is done to create television shows, and the television shows that the Big Ten can sell now are more attractive because everything that you, you are now adding USC and all of the potential matchups that they would have – you're adding that in. From the USC perspective, this is colossal mismanagement at the Pac-12 level. They tried and failed with the Pac-12 network. It didn't work. Uh, they were not bringing in. They, they really botched their television rights over the years. Um, they've tried a bunch of things. None of it stuck. Nobody could find their games. They. This was about them being able to get. If you're USC, it's a big deal if you're getting 90 or $100 million a year in television money when you were used to getting $28 million. So that's the difference. That's why USC is doing it. That's why they're willing to do it. I do think it's part of a much bigger play, though. Yeah, well, and that's – I'm looking at Nicole uh, Auerbach from The Athletic. I mean, she's saying exactly what you were saying. Could be two 20-team mega conferences, the Big Ten and SEC. And now it becomes an arms race. And who – by the way, and then who all of a sudden gets left out? Because – you're doing this for football, but, you know, I mean, Duke football isn't anything to write home about. But Duke basketball, pretty darn good. North Carolina, like this affects recruiting. You mentioned it earlier, the Big Ten TV nego- uh, yeah. negotiations are going on. If I'm a network, I'm like, I-, I think we need to hold here until I know exactly who we're getting. Or you're trying to push it through now. Because once you get those teams, the price tag should go up considerably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're well, you're eliminating a, a conference. Yeah. You know, the other thing to remember here is the SEC is partnered with ESPN. This will now put the Big Ten even further in bed with Fox. So Fox will be where you'll get your Big Ten conference or whatever that becomes, the Big 20, um, and the other one will be – um, will be that other way. A um, lot of stuff coming out on this. Uh, L.A. Times reporter saying USC was the was the reason behind the move to the US, to the Big Ten. They really pushed it hard. Um, the move is believed to include all sports except for beach volleyball. Well, yeah, I'm I'm sure that that wouldn't work. They'd be the only ones doing it. This is crazy from Brett McMurphy. I don't know if this is true or not. He just tweets out, "I'm hearing the original package was intended to be Miami and USC." But Penn State defensive coordinator Manny Diaz sent a heartfelt email to Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren on why Miami doesn't fit the core values of the Big Ten. Warren opted for UCLA instead. That I, There's no chance that. There's no chance that a defensive coordinator at Penn State 
stopped the Big Ten commissioner from making this decision. I'll be honest with you. Kevin Warren is not the one driving the bus on this. This is university presidents. Uh, it, it's not Kevin Warren. He has, he has not shown to be competent enough to handle something like this in his time running the Big Ten. Um, that, it's wild. That, that is <laughs> – and that's that is coming from some someone pretty reputable. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. McMurphy's missed on a lot of stuff recently, though. He he does this a lot. I'm hearing like I don't know. It, I I to me, I just I don't see any scenario. I think I think Notre Dame. I've said Notre Dame. Been saying that for a while. That this is now the time. It's really is a great time for Notre Dame. It's a good time for them. It's a good time for the league. And and I do think that the the that USC and UCLA will not come alone. Um, I ju- they, they just learned too much from the Nebraska situation. You don't want schools feeling like they're on islands, and those two would feel like they're on islands. I mean, how the hell do you do that in the non-revenue sports? How do you ship women's basketball teams from USC to go play at State College? Rutgers. I mean, it doesn't make – well, at least you're flying to New York. Like, how do you – you you ever flown into State College? I've driven it. It's worse. I mean, it's brutal. Yeah. I mean, like West Lafayette? None of these are direct. I mean, the I mean Columbus, sure, but Minneapolis, yeah. But you're going to be hopscotching all over the place with these teams trying to get them to play on weekends. The charter business makes no just sense. Got a lot better. Yeah, it makes no sense. I to me, to me, they'll be adding more. And I've seen a lot. Of, I've already seen some of this. That there's there's this is all part of bigger plays uh, that'll happen. So. Like if you're the ACC, what are you doing right now? You're you're hoping like hell that Florida State, Clemson, Miami, and whoever else doesn't go to the SEC. You know, I mean, you could do somebody could go, could do. Now I don't know what would happen to their football products because football drives the bus. But you could do like an elite if if those teams peel off, you could do an elite basketball conference with Syracuse, North Carolina, Duke. You go get Kansas, UConn from the Big Twelve. Um, yeah, you get UConn. You get. You could do like an elite basketball product because there's value in that. It's not football value, but there is some value in that. I, I don't know. I really don't know. I think you're you're in, it's crazy what's happened in college football. I don't like any of it. I don't like no. any of it. I think it sucks. Yeah, it starts with the NCAA screwing this all up. Yeah, they botched it. The big, they botched it. The they, Big Ten hasn't helped. And, and I, you can't be – like we had this conversation last night after we got done uh, golfing, some buddies of mine and I. You can't fault the SEC – SEC is the most forward-thinking. The guy running the SEC should be running the NCAA. Yes. Yeah. And then there might be some things getting done the right way. Because this is hey, – I, I said it right before we went, came back here. College sports it not will never be the same after today. No. Well, well I mean, this we've been heading for this. This is – you know, it, it won't be the same. I mean, NIL, free, free transfer – um, these mega conferences, like this is stuff that we've been talking about for over a dozen years in big time college sports. Gordon Gee, the, the then president of Ohio State, was talking about this. I remember talking to him about this 10 years ago about mega conferences, that these super conferences are what it's going to be. So I'll tell you what's going to kill. It's going to, well, I don't know. I, I was going to say it's going to kill schools out of the MAC because a lot of them get their paychecks going to play these big time schools. They're not going to be playing them anymore. They're only going to play conference teams, is what they're going to do. They, there's no reason for them to play. Mac teams anymore. No, the television isn't going to demand it, so that be something to follow for sure. Um, NBA free agency begins tonight at midnight. I, I think it's midnight. Whenever. Here's the deal: like, there's nothing that's going to happen that's going to shift the balance of power. 
I saw everybody getting all crazy about Deontay Murray, the kid from the Spurs going to um, going to the Hawks. 6 p.m. That's my fault. I... It's fine. Like, there's nothing that's going to change the balance of power. If Bradley Beal were to go play somewhere else for less money, like in Philly, for example, okay, then that's interesting. And him becoming a free agent. But I, I think that what it is is it's ESPN has done a really good job of telling us how important this has been through the years. And sometimes it is. When LeBron's in the mix, it is. But when he's not. That would be the one name this weekend that would – well, and the if NBA he, on the map, if he doesn't right now, opt in, if he doesn't opt in, you know, if he doesn't, he's up for a contract extension, I think in August, if he doesn't sign that, then all of the him coming home stuff's going to start up again. That'll, that's the way that that's going to go. So, but to, from what I can tell, there's nothing that feels like it's going to shift the balance of power in the NBA in any way, shape or form. Um, all right. It is a mailbag edition of the program that is coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Bo here for my friends at Renew Home Exteriors, where beautifying and protecting your home is their passion. Upgrade the look of your home. Create a high return on investment with new siding for new home exteriors, ranging in every architectural style in over 50 colors. Receive $1,500 off and free installation wrap, plus 0% interest for qualified buyers. In addition to that, Renew Home Exteriors will meet or beat any competitor's estimates by up to 10% and pay you 100 bucks. Beautify your home with premium siding, roofing products at lower prices with Renew home exteriors visiting renewestimate.com for more time for a little bit of a mailbag on a thursday hello gibby oh it's getaway day my friend close Sh- we're close shout out to you a lot of heavy lifting this week oh uh, yeah my girl has been vacationing at the worst possible time again <laughs> I, I i kid I but told- he really his timing has been impeccable this off season yeah he has he's benefited tremendously yeah, he's benefited yeah. tremendously from and, it. And again, yeah. like not there's, on there, purpose. There's but... ne- yeah, there's never a good time as we have figured out here from ten years ago when I started doing this to now. Like there, there clearly is just never a good time to take vacation. No, no matter no. what you do, something's going to happen while you're gone. Uh, Mailbag Friday presented by Vivid Seats, an official fan experience partner of the Cleveland Browns. Browns fans, the NFL schedule is out. You can be there live for every touchdown and tackle. Check out vividseats.com to find tickets, browse exclusive fan experience packages, and earn unbeatable rewards. The mailbag, at Browns underscore daily on Twitter. Use the hashtag AskCBD, and maybe we'll get to your question in the next 10 minutes underway we go at king stefanski what will you be rolling out on the fourth ribs dogs what will you be serving oh ribs i'm gonna do ribs i like the ribs ribs on the fourth that's that's americana yeah i love ribs yeah easy slow cook all day just pull them apart easy yeah the one thing you got to do i i i'm finally getting the wife to be on page with this but like you have got to have the wet nap. If you're serving ribs, then you got to have baby wipes wet naps. Like, you can't not. Do you, do you want to grab some? I have, like, a giant package of about 100 here. Oh, do you? If you'd like some. Yeah, maybe I'll take some for the road. Yeah. Don't you have to have that? Yeah, you have to have it. It's funny. My, a lot of people think, like, 
it's easy. Like she'll say, oh, it's just so easy. Let's just do hamburgers and hot dogs. Like actually, the hamburgers and hot dogs are really hard on the grill because you have to watch all of them constantly. Like hot- ribs are nothing. You just put them in and that's it. They're done. And then you grill them at the end, sear them, done. Hot dogs, hot dogs cook very fast. And if you're not watching your grill temperature. Yeah, they burst and it's. Yeah. Yeah, I think actually think hamburgers and hot dogs are the you, hardest. You get a it's, flame up going on a burger. Labor intensive of all the grilling is hamburgers and yeah. hot dogs. I, I don't. Plus, you got the buns you got to do. I, I don't do a lot on Fourth of July. No, it's there's not a go-to leading up. Yeah, you know, uh, obligations. Friday night, Saturday. It's weird with it on a Monday, because most people have to work on Tuesday. I was like, "Honey, what do you want to do on Monday for Fourth? She was like, "Nothing." <laughs> I said, "Same, Great. perfect. I'm fine with that. I'm in." Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see, David Kerr. David Kerr is friends with Danny Cunningham. All right. Sorry, David. Uh, I've got a couple questions. We're at a paper roster softball tournament out in Menor. was wondering you if you guys want to play. It's for the Matt Hank Foundation, where military and fighter fighters play with an open roster tournament as well. David, my softball days are done. Uh, the, the risk of the injury to me, not so great. Uh, it is July 23rd, and it's for a great cause out in Menor. So I would encourage anybody to go out and support it and go play. Yeah, play. for sure. I, it's been a while since I've played the softball, probably 10 years or so. so I feel like my baseball softball days are behind me. Um, yeah. You know, but love the love the cause and, and appreciate the offer. Yep. Uh, this is a good one from Greister. Okay. What's the best food city you've been to in the United States? This is a tough one. Oh, I mean, I, L.A., for sure, L.A. I mean, you can, you get everything. It's absurdly healthy. I love, like, sushi and fresh fish and stuff. They do that at a very, very high level. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's it. That feels like, like, L.A., New York feel like cheat codes to me. So, I'll, like, a sneaky good one other than other than those two I, is new orleans a cheat code too new orleans might be a cheat code if you I like mean, new orleans, new orleans is, is stunning yes but it, that might be a cheat code too i was trying to think of one that isn't like one of those culinary I, i've got one runs. for you providence rhode island yeah you mentioned that That's out of right. nowhere you and i were talking about it the other day yeah um it's usually where we stay when we play uh new england yeah uh, we'll stay down in providence about 40 minutes south um some of the best food. If you want seafood, top-notch seafood coming right in, off the water, you can get it. Uh, also, some of the best Italian right there as well. I've had, always had great food in Boston. Baltimore's got great food, too. Yep. Yeah, there's some great places on the harbor. Yeah, can't go wrong with any of those. Uh, let's see what else. At Browns underscore daily using the hashtag AskCBD. D. Zemer. Zagura thinks ice cream trucks are creepy. Would he feel the same if food trucks came up the street playing music? Would he buy? I know he would. I think it's the kid component that he's not crazy about the ice cream truck. I'm no, I don't necessarily think they're creepy. What I do think about ice cream trucks, though, is I get very mad when they show up like before dinner. So yeah. you have two windows. If you're the, here's my my message to the ice cream truck guys. All right. You either hit the like one o'clock in the afternoon to three thirty in the afternoon window, or you're going seven to eight thirty. Don't come in here four thirty to six thirty or six at least six thirty. Don't come in that window because I'm not. The kids can't have it then. 
They can have it in the afternoon or after, not in that window. The other issue that we've run into, uh, my street that I live on, um, the speed limit is 35. It's not like a side street. It's kind of a main road. Okay, you're zipping. Um, Literally, I heard the truck. I turned and looked, and literally a guy like flew right by. I go, well, if you're playing the music, you you have to slow down. <laughs> like, you got to give me a chance to get out there. Yeah. I don't know where it's coming from. Right. Next you just thing hear I know, you go by at 35 miles an hour. I'm out. Ethan uh, Rubo. This one is for Gibby. You mentioned your trips to Maine frequently. With the fourth this weekend, I'll be having an unhealthy amount of lobster rolls. I'm wondering what beer you'd pair with lobster. How many lobster rolls and how many beers would you consume in this situation? Lobster rolls are filling. Yeah, I can have like one lobster roll. It's a lot of bread. It's it. That's it's a lot of bread on a lobster roll. I got to tell you. Yeah, I I love a good lobster roll, but a lot of bread. I I, one, and I don't I don't even know what beer what beer would you pair with seafood. Is there a beer you'd pair pair with seafood? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think. Well, when Poisson was in here talking about the shrimp and all of that, like, I think you have to use like a an a, a like an American lager or whatever. What are the like a, a really. You can't have anything like IPA or anything like that if you're having if you're doing that. It's got to be something light. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't think I can. I'm not sure. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, because you're eating something pretty heavy. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's cold, but yeah, I don't know about that one. Tyler Light is Nathan Zagura dodging me on the golf course. You have to ask him. Boy. It's a bold statement, Tyler. Be careful what you wish for there. I mean, I'm, yeah, I can't. I've speak seen for that it. man on the golf course. I can't imagine. I don't know if you want. I don't know if you want the horns. I don't. Is Tyler good at golf? He must be, or he wouldn't. I mean, everybody who knows 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 uh, Z's abilities there. Yeah. Meshling time. All right. Rank these three movies: Wedding Crashers, Dodgeball, Beer Fest. That order. Actually, yeah, you're right. You did it for us, Bobby. Beer Fest I like, but it's not like if it were on again, I, if something else pops up, I'm watching something else. Wedding Crashers is unassailable. Like, it's a stunning achievement in comedy. The fact that they get through as many of those scenes and you wonder how many takes. Well, there you, there's several times you can tell that they both are about ready to break. Yes. And so, no, it's... It holds up. Uh, Meshling also wants us to rank these three. Dodgeball, kickball, wiffle ball. Dodgeball, okay. Uh, I love a good wiffle ball. Wiffle ball game is great. Uh, Kickball is fine. Both of those are fine. The problem you have with dodgeball is people end up getting their feelings hurt because they literally get hurt. So dodgeball is no good. I once played dodgeball. I once played a dodgeball tournament when I was in Columbus with Justin Zwick the former Maslin product and Ohio State quarterback. And oh, we almost go. got, well, as you can imagine, he had a laser. Um, but we almost, it was, it was, we were actually filming it for a show I was doing. And it literally almost, we had Average Joe's was our team and all of this. <laughs> we literally almost got in a fight. Like it almost came to blows. Uh, finally from Bobby, what is the worst sports injury you've ever had? We got to pick another one that's more fun to close with. I was partially paralyzed for a little bit. I had spinal shock my sophomore year of high school. 
Um, had my helmet sawed off, my shoulder pad sawed off. It was terrible, absolutely terrifying. Oddly enough, it was, you know, the 90s, so I played the next week with a giant neck brace. <laughs> I was starting quarterback as a playoffs. What are you going to do? Uh, what's the scariest thing you've ever seen from Meshling? I was trying to find something fun. Any bird without feathers on its head up close. By the way, two of my buddies were playing the early round yesterday in the old golf league. Yeah. Post a video to the group. They're going over, you know, a bridge over water. Yeah. Right at the middle point of the bridge. Now, this is a long bridge. There's nowhere to go. You can't get out of the cart. You can't back, like, you can't back up. You go forward. There is a giant hawk right on the bridge, like, uh-huh. to the point where you can. Yep. You could pet the hawk if yep, you'd like. Sure. They video it, and it turns on them at for, as they go by. Yeah. I'm surprised it didn't fly off, but sometimes they're really territorial. Yeah. I'm like, how about a – you, you got to deal with that. You got to have a club in your hand. Yeah. Bobby, here's one from Bobby. What would you name your memoir? What would your memoir be, Gibby? I, I have something, but it's not appropriate. It's not appropriate. I'll go acting accordingly. That's what we'll do. We'll I like that. that. Yeah, we'll go that. Uh, all right. Good job out of all of you on the mailbag. We still have so much more to come. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right. So apparently the last this, – today is our Pets Heads Falling Off edition of the program. Um, <laughs> in the sports world, you have the – the Pac-12 is over. USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten. My hunch is more will follow. That happened in about an, in the, over the last hour or so. Um, and then now just this in the last couple of minutes, Kevin Durant has requested a trade out of Brooklyn. We were talking about Sources NBA free athletic. agency not being able to make a run. Maybe I think trading are going to try a little bit. Isn't trading him probably complicated? I think he's he opted in. I think he's owed a ton of money. He's a baby. I mean, he, so they... They they owe him a lot of money, and I think several years on the term, like two or three more years on the term. I <clears throat> hold on. Uh, Kevin Durant contract four years, one hundred ninety four million dollar deal. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he's he still owed a. Uh, his base salary for the next four years is 42, 46, 49, and 53. Good luck. Yeah, so you're going to have to find somebody that matches all that up. Unless you want to. Unless the Lakers. Is LeBron trying to pull some strings? What Kyrie, could he do? How could he do it? Durant. They don't have an ability to do anything. You'd have to trade. I mean, you'd have to trade. Maybe they do package. Maybe they go Westbrook and Anthony Davis for Durant and Kyrie. I don't know. Does that make sense financially for anybody? Is that going to make you happy if you're a Nets fan? I mean, it, yeah, I don't know. You got guys who don't want to be there anyway. That, yeah. I'll tell you what, good to be the next level. You got a lot to talk about, boys. Enjoy yourselves. It's Have be a, a great fun little Fourth Thursday. Of July, by the way, we're yeah. off. Happy Happy birthday to Nathan. Yes. Really what it is, his celebration. Enjoy the best of episodes. Uh, have a great and safe holiday weekend. Thanks for listening. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.